Dude, you're like quiet. Like, you said that you're gonna yell it, and like, you're like starting way now, too. <laughs> He's probably one of the loudest comics in town. It's, it's a, but it's all, it's the stage persona. I get to be, I get to let it off the chain while I'm on the stage. So that was our intro? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Should so. we try it again with a little more oomph? Yeah, alright. Okay. Welcome to your creativity. That's better. There we go. Your creativity, where we keep on trying until we get it right. And even at that point, we still do it. Yeah, we're <laughs> down to like one listener. So, Are your mom's listening again? My mom's back on. Nice. Have you been, Steve? It's been a few days. I know, it's been like one day. <laughs> well, these guys have no clue. Yeah. I mean, this is, it could be a year from now. Well, if that is the case, welcome. Uh, we're hey, thanks here. for listening, and we're still on. Woo. We're still kicking. And we've got a fun guest. Um, he's a comedian, and he just started a new comedy show about a month or so ago called Comedy Church. The one and only, as it announced, uh, open mic tonight, <laughs> the one and only Greg Kite. Right on. Glad to be here, guys. Thanks Woo! for uh, having me on your creativity. Is that how you, I think that's how you're supposed to say it, right? Create. Eight. No, see, Dylan. Gotta hit the like, eight. I, I'm just like a listener. I don't really <laughs> control anything it's, like that. Uh, so, if, so if I'm busting balls about the name, I, I have to look Dylan straight in the eye for that. And yep. it's not. Don't it send is, any of that your direction. It is creative. It's it is creative. It, it started out as a eight question blog. Okay. And then it evolved into a podcast. <laughs> Wait. Okay. Yeah. So Dylan had it all set up. He's like, "Yeah, we're gonna answer eight questions to get to the root of everything." And then I come in and I just fuck that all up. Mm. Like, I mean, no offense. Nice. Like, I am not really a rule person, <laughs> and so like, I, eight, eight questions. We'll see. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Good. So okay. now it's more of me a guideline to frame my mind for the interview. Gotcha. He okay. tries to really. He's, he's, you're still so even though you torpedo it every time, he still tries to keep it. Yeah, it's like we got. Right. I got eight questions, and I'll be like, eh, we'll "Good luck see. with that." Yeah, nice. So he has a lot of ulcers <laughs> from from doing this podcast. Before this podcast, no, nothing. I was, I was he was ulcer free. I was perfectly healthy. Yep. Yeah, I am ulcer free. Sticker that you'd wear around. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you get started in comedy? You're you're an accountant regularly. How did you go from? Well, it depends on how far back. How far back you want to go, Dylan? To, to the beginning. To the beginning. Um, well, the, so the very beginning would be me in elementary school. I was in a gifted program. You can probably tell that because of the big words I use and stuff. <laughs> uh, but I was I was with all these kids, and they were like everyone in my class was fucking hilarious. And I was like, I just want to be funny like these kids are. These other kids are. And, uh, and so that, that like, I don't know why that was always something I aspired to when I got into high school, uh, my, my best friend in high school, his name is Robert Dixon, funniest guy around, he, but he was kind of, he was funny. Like, you know, these guys who are like funny, but they're assholes. You know what I mean? And that was his, Dylan knows those that was types. his, <laughs> oh, is that, is that you? <laughs> Maybe. Is, is that, so, but, but we, but we were like, we were like best friends. So he was like, he was a dick, but he was my dick. That's kind of how I, I think about that. And. And I would like observe him to see how he would like what he would do as he would just like navigate life and make shit funny. And so I was like, oh, I, I see what he's doing there. I can do that. And like, I feel like I learned how to be funny from Robert. And then we also like in high school, I started doing 
like I did some speeches for the whole student body. I, as a matter of fact, I, uh, I, I got to be a homecoming king. I was, I was a swimmer in high school, not always doughy, my whole life just dough. <laughs> and I was homecoming king because I gave a funny ass speech. Because in my school, anyone... You campaigned to be homecoming it, king. It, no, they forced everybody who was nominated to be homecoming king to give a speech to the student body. And the whole student body votes, even the freshmen, and it's like October. They don't know any seniors. So I go up, I make everybody laugh, and they go, I'm going to vote for the funny guy. So I got to be and, – and, like, and, and there was this dude, Mitch Trockman. He was supposed to be homecoming king, and he was pissed that he was not. <laughs> and rightly so. Like I was sort of like I should probably – Does he let, still hold that against you I'm reunions? Sh- I'm sure he does. Well, I haven't gone because I'm too scared of Mitch Trockman. So <laughs> is he your one listener? No, yeah, we probably just lost him. So that, I mean, that, was, that probably nice. went down. Right. There. So anyway, so so like I remember being in my in my auditorium with like the entire student body in there, just slaying and going, "This is the best feeling ever." Um, but as I talked about at my brief set at uh, Wise Guys at the open mic tonight, <laughs> I I was I was super super Christian back then too, yeah. and I remember like wanting to do stand up, and I remember praying to the Lord like. You know, Jesus, I really like to do stand up. Are you okay with that? And he was like, nah. So, uh, so then fast forward, that was, you know, like I said, that was high school. I ended up starting, starting to like leave my faith when I was in my 30s. You're like, and I don't know if you were right. So, like, I'm just questioning you, God. So, like, uh. right, right. Yeah. I should have been, yeah, it was like a rebellion. It's like, Dad, I wanted you comedy. You don't even know Heavenly what you're talking Father. about. They have internet now. <laughs> so so anyway so i the, like the first thing i did after i like lost my faith was i went to uh, uh johnny b's down in provo back when do you, do you guys even yeah, johnny yeah was a great I, guy. Okay. I remember going there yeah at least johnny once. biscuit you know you know johnny yeah johnny's yeah. a good guy yeah where's he at? i don't even know where actually I did, a, I did a gig with him um in december he really was, what? he was like an mc for a big corporate event and what i was his little like is he still in, here in utah yeah okay nice yeah he was a, he was great to me. Always hooked me up, and I I, was, I totally appreciated what the time that he gave me. And he would bust my balls because again, like on stage, I'm I'm very very loud, very aggressive. And, and back then when I started, because I still had a lot of the Christian on me, so I was clean. And so it, like I remember doing a gig for him in American Fork, and I'm like <laughs> I'm on I'm on stage and I'm yelling, and he comes up and goes, "Yeah, angry comedian in Utah County. That's always gonna land well." And just busted. Do you see the seats in here? You see the people? <laughs> they're they're gone. Right, exactly. So, uh, so anyway, so yeah, so that, that was, and the stand up was also like I, part of why I did that too is I used to be a, a middle school math teacher, not an accountant, and I did like in eighth grade, nobody fails math because they're too dumb. Like the math is pretty easy. Yeah. Uh, no, they don't. I have faith in humanity that nobody fails math in eighth grade. That you had a bad teacher. I'd say if you failed math in eighth grade, you had a bad teacher, or you were unmotivated. That's the thing. I didn't feel like anybody was dumb. I felt like they were unmotivated. So as a teacher, I started giving all my students these like pep talks. I call them Motivation Mondays because I was the cool teacher like that. And and like and and it was. And I'll stand by it because I was like, I ask the kids, "What do you want to do? What are your hopes and dreams for life?" And I'd be like, math's not going to interfere with you achieving that. And if anything, you could leverage it to help you achieve those goals. But then 
as you can be a middle school math teacher asking your students what their life dreams are for only so long before you sit back and go, wait a second, I'm a middle school fucking math teacher. This wasn't really the dream. So you could, you know, you can only take your own bullshit for long enough. And I was like, I wanted to be a stand up, so I went and started doing it. So that's sort of the origin story. So, oh, um, from math teacher accountant, mm-hmm. what was that that journey like? Uh, I did not like being a teacher. I, Is that where all the anger comes from? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, it's it's one of the sources. <laughs> I I'm sure there's just so much shit that is deep down in my psyche and my subconscious and i bought a i bought a uh, punching bag a few months ago because my son uh was like hey dad it'd be cool to have a punching bag and the first time i really wailed that and i was like oh fuck this is amazing this is the <laughs> best and then it's like yeah you, there's some, <laughs> there's some shit that I haven't gotten to with any therapist. I hate yet. you, like math teacher. Right, right. I hate this. Are you trying? To I try, hate you, are Mitch. You, are you trying? I hate you. I, damn you! You remember your math teacher's name? No, he was talking about my Mitch. Oh, your Mitch. Yeah, the, the Mitch. You are never going to be the homecoming king. Take that! I rigged yeah. the ballot. <laughs> voter fraud. Totally voter. Wait, which high school was this? Was this even in Utah? No, this was back in Seattle. So I, I grew up just north of Seattle. So. But um, but yeah, so math. I didn't I didn't like I didn't like teaching math. It was you know the uh, yeah the the teaching itself. Like I enjoyed I enjoyed the actual act of teaching to the children, and I was pretty good at that. Uh, but that most people don't realize, like a lot of jobs, like the part that you think you want to do, that's like that's like <laughs> this t- you know fifteen to twenty percent of the job, yeah, and then the other eighty percent of the job that you don't really think about when you're getting into it just sucks ass and i i did not like it and it doesn't pay well obviously either so uh so with the with with the dream of home ownership seeming to get further and further yeah. out of reach because when i was in school i was like i was i was great at math so i was like i'm either going to do math and my mom owned a drugstore and i actually did some of the bookkeeping for her so i was like i'm either going to be a math major or an accounting major and i chose math and hated it so then I was like, well, I got to find something else to do because this sucks and, and doesn't pay well. So I went back and did accounting. Way better fit, and I love it to death. What what else happened at that job? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I want you to retell your joke. Oh, you want me to? Oh, oh. Well, uh, I want Steve to hear it. The, uh, the, uh, <laughs> so uh, do you want me to, should I, who, I, I, uh. Yeah, do some crowd work with Steve. So, uh, so where are you guys from? You around here? Hey, yeah. Hey, yeah. Avenues, yeah. Woo! Okay. Uh, no, we, uh, so I, I, I lost my virginity when I was 16, um, to my aunt is what happened. And Stupid it was, Mitch. and it was all because <laughs> this, this is all be, uh, be, yeah, this was back when I was still like super in it to win it Christian guy. And it was, and it all happened because my mom owned this drugstore. So I worked at this drugstore. I was, you know, 16 years old, full of hormones, and uh, and there was this girl who she 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 was a she had graduated from my high school. She was three years older than me, and she was working at at the drugstore. You went for a cougar, big time. She was way well. No, that's the other thing. Not only did I lose my virginity to my aunt, I was kind of statutory raped by her. I think because she was 19 and I was 16. I don't know what the age split is, but. I'm not going to turn her in. I'm just going to wear it as a badge of honor. Uh, so, 
So she's a she's the drugstore. She's very she's very. I mean, I guess you know. Ba- when was that? Was How are reunions for you now? Like, I mean, do you guys all still hang I, out? I don't go to them. I just don't. She go. She ruined you. She. I, I think she and Mitch together. So, so the high school reunions and I've I've never <laughs> been to Mitch is such an asshole. So well, well, we'll we'll get to that. So so uh, so she. I mean, this. Let's see. So I was sixteen. So this was nineteen eighty eight when I lost my virginity because I'm old as fuck, and uh, or middle age. We'll say I'm. You, yeah, we're both old. You're both old. Okay, we're all in the same boat. Um. So yeah. So nineteen eighty eight. So they didn't, they didn't have any. They didn't have any. Uh, <laughs> The, the the idea sex positive wasn't a term yet, but she was very sex positive and she was very open with her sexuality and and I think and this is one of the things that I remembered when I was doing the bit at Wise Guys Night. She had told me at some point she told me that she's just horny all the time, and so uh, that's not something you tell a sixteen year old dude who's trying to keep it in his pants for Jesus. So uh, at some point, like he was already wrong about the comedy thing. He, I know. Well, that yeah, <laughs> he's gonna be wrong about a lot. I think mostly because he doesn't exist. So. Uh, <laughs> So we, she, her car breaks down or something. I have to. I end up giving her a ride back to her house. I know. And cue, cue porno music. I don't know what we said. <laughs> there was no reason for me to go inside with her, but somehow I wound up inside with her. You're making sure the door wasn't locked. I guess so. It's like, uh, you want to show me around your house? I don't. I have no idea. It, that's all blanked out. You know, from, you know, thirty years ago, and. Uh, and so, so then, so then, my big closer uh, move was: So are you? Are you really always horny? I like called bullshit on her <laughs> on her claim, and she was like, "Yep." And then all of a sudden, poof! All of our clothes were off, and I was awkwardly trying to figure out how to have sex with this uh, person who definitely knew what she was doing. And uh, uh, so we, oh, oh, and like I said, super Christian. So as soon as as soon as we were done, like as, as well. Let me refer, as soon as I was done, pretty sure she wasn't done. As soon as I was done, like I just had, I was just crushed by guilt about what I'd done. And like, for me, it was like, I've been such a horrible example of the love of Christ to you. And you're, you know, there's no way you're ever going to accept Jesus in your heart because I'm such a hypocrite. And I like start uh, like a freaking out and be like trying to proselytize her. Like while I'm, uh, while I'm naked and getting my underwear on, I'm like, you know, at that time, was it like, you're not a piece of chewed up gum. You're not a piece of chewed up gum. (laughs) I wasn't, I had not seen that weird video, but I, I, I was feeling like I was the piece of chewed up gum and uh, well, you're not a piece of chewed up gum. Thanks man. Nobody's ever told you. No that. one's ever told me that. Maybe I don't, maybe I can get rid of that, uh, you that punching back, bag. You can go back to reunions. I can sell that <laughs> punching bag. Uh, so, so yeah, so we had, so we had sex and I felt horrible and I, I promised myself to never ever to, uh, to, to do that again. And then, like a year or two later, I helped her with her tax returns, which I think is awesome. And ended up fucking her again okay, after that. You probably should just stay away from that aunt. Stay away from doing taxes? No, from that that entire person. Oh. You need to stay away from. Oh, her. Oh, right. But I didn't do that. Yeah, that, that's what the that's what the person really trying to be righteous would have done is not have had anything to do with her again. But I did. Did she get audited? She didn't. No, I did her taxes good. I did her taxes hard. Really good. I, I, I mean, he audited her. I, 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 I filled out her schedule. Well, she, she filled out my schedule D. I guess what did? Well, you got a ten ninety nine. Something well, ten ninety four. 
five, maybe five tops. <laughs> Sunday, what was that joke somebody said about that W9 on the girl's oh, back? Oh, yeah. Nick was Nick said I couldn't get off unless I was doing my girlfriend doggy style with a W9 tape to her back. So <laughs> Okay, so wait. Uh, so then but, you do this lady's taxes. And then we have sex. And then I freak out again, like I did before. And she's like, you did this last time. Get out of here. And I was like, you're right. I should. And so I did. Uh, and then, uh, and then fast forward a few years, my aunt, so I, I, okay. I need to know, cause I, I'm trying to date now. So like, okay. just tell me the good stuff that I'm supposed to start doing. The, oh, I'm just, so, li- I'm listening for advice. So like, oh, of your stories, the lessons I can learn for myself, get a job at a drugstore and do people's taxes for free. Do women's taxes. Do horny women okay, near no you offense. who are ready my, to... My aunts are a lot older, and so, okay. like, I mean, a lot older. More than, more than right. three years? Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay, so here's the thing. Here's the deal. So she she, so she so worked at the drugstore. She's not related to me, this, this girl that I had sex with. But fast forward a few years, my uncle and aunt, who I lived right next door to, they got a divorce, and it turned out the reason they were getting a divorce is because my uncle cheated on my aunt with Catherine, with the girl that I slept with when I was 16. And uh, she was right. Because, because, my, because my aunt aunt also worked at the drugstore. So I worked at the drugstore. This girl, Catherine, that I slept with worked at the drugstore. And my aunt worked at the drugstore. We all worked at the drugstore. So we're all friends through that. My aunt and Catherine, they got to be friends. She started like you know, babysitting and stuff and house sitting for them. And that was, you know, my, my uncle ended up, you know, really hack, you know, fucking the babysitter. I mean, come on, be be creative, Uncle Tom. That's his real name. And well, apparently uh, she likes rides home. I, <laughs> yeah, I guess so. And uh, and so, so anyway, so this is all, uh, my, my aunt and uncle's marriage is falling apart. They live right next door to us. And I remember, like, sitting in my house with my brother, like, looking out the window at their house and just kind of being dismayed and, and knowing that it happened because he slept with the, with the same person I slept with. Nobody knew that I had slept with Catherine at all. And so I'm sitting there with my brother and I, and I open up to him and I go, dude, the, it's so weird that this is happening with, with our aunt and uncle because I, cause I slept with her. And my brother was like, what? Me too. And he had, he, <laughs> my, my brother and my uncle had both slept with the woman that I lost my virginity to, and I was the first man in. And it's weird to find out that you're Eskimo brothers with your real brother when your Ancestry.com says you're not Eskimos at all. So, uh, so I don't know if I would do the DNA testing. I don't need to now because I know. Uh, and then, so then, uh, so my aunt and uncle, they, they obviously, you know, their marriage falls apart. And my uncle ends up uh, marrying... Catherine, so boom, 10 years after, I end up, she's my aunt, so I get to say that I lost my virginity to my aunt. And if you want to talk about reunions, when I did get married, my wife, who I was married to for 18 years, I, she knew, I mean, I told her all about... She invited Catherine? No, no, she knew that I lost my virginity to Catherine, who was now at every family function we went to back in Washington, and I remember my <laughs> my wife sitting across the Thanksgiving table from the woman that I lost my virginity to and my, and my ex we're not, we're divorced now, but back then she was like, she was like, it's her fault. She took advantage of you when you were young, which not really true. I, I don't, but, but I wasn't like defending her to, to my wife. <laughs> you're like, oh yeah. You're yeah. Right. Oh yeah. I was just an innocent little pup okay, with, so a, with a hard rock hard cock. Are you still dating? 
Am are I you, still? Are you married again? Are you no, with somebody? I'm. I've been with somebody for about two years now. Okay, so give me the game plan. So how does this work out? So uh, how did you meet the new person? I, it was Tinder. Tinder. It was Tinder. Yeah, I, I, I swiped right, and so did she. And what was your profile stuff? It, oh, Were it was you f- hilarious. Oh, uh, well, not to most people. I was to. I was to to Crystal. That's the name of the the woman that I've been seeing uh, because because I thought. I was like, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna put a, uh, I'm gonna put a topless picture of me on my profile. You put a topless picture. Took off my shirt, and uh, and and at the, and I had, I had at that time my ex-wife's name tattooed across <laughs> my chest. So it was a, it was a picture of me with my shirt off with a tattoo that said Laura. So my profile, all it said was it says, I guess the quality I'm looking for most in a woman is that her first name is Laura. and uh and that uh yeah which which for pretty much everybody it's like a swipe left swipe left swipe left but for crystal she's like i get the humor there and she was like did she have a tattoo on hers no she does not have any tattoos and since then well it was like two weeks after we started dating that i my my appointment to have the tattoo modified uh, came up so to a sugar skull the yeah i mean i get it mm, celebrating my my hispanic uh, ancestry uh, the com. dna testing yep so you were an evangelical christian mm-hmm. and now you've basically denied his existence what yeah well that, that oh. was that was harsh i'm not well, gonna yeah. deny <laughs> I, I i believe they're Are most you likely out that yeah maybe I, I'm not. I'm not a. Well, here's the thing. In terms of that, I like to define myself as an atheist uh, who still has his doubts. So that's like when I look at everything, I go, I'm pretty sure there ain't anything out there. But I've been so horribly wrong about so many things for so long before that I can't. I don't trust myself well enough to uh, to have figured anything out. So yeah. So agnostic. I guess agnostic is the right way to say it. But. Uh, I'd say atheist, a doubting atheist, which makes when you describe yourself that way to Mormon missionaries, they really get a big evangelism. Just introduce them to Catherine. Like seriously, I think that'll keep them away. Uh, Like, or they'd keep them coming back. They're like, we can, (laughs) we can both score on her at the on the same discussion. (laughs) Come on, brothers. Yeah, to me, religion is a very personal thing. So, like, you know. Mormons, you know, they're fairly evangelical, mm-hmm. and the evangelical churches are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But just the, recently, the the Mormon church has just been like uh, Andy, no, uh, Aaron Woodall. Mm-hmm. Um, he said it best. You know, the things on the shelf. Yeah, and that that that's how it's affected me. It's right, just, where it's like here's something that doesn't that doesn't make sense intellectually, but instead of dealing with it, I'm just going to put that up here on the shelf and not think about it. Yeah. The shelf becomes and too heavy. Yep. And, and breaks. That, and that's that's where I am right now. Yeah. I like was it Stephen Colbert interviewing Ricky Gervais or however you say his last name. Yeah. I always mess it up. But um, Ricky said, "Okay, with science, like you can take every proven experiment, every like everything that we know is science, and you could throw away all of those books, all everything written on science, and repeat those tests, and that those books would come back. The yeah. truth would come back." Right. In the Bible, I'm not so sure that all the same stories would be told. And you can kind of see that 
with religion and with all the religions that the stories got a little mixed up. Some of them are based on similar similarities, but they're right. all just differently told. Right. And I I like that analysis that science, you know, you could you could say that it doesn't disprove religion, but that mm. take everything away, is it still the same? Right. Well, and and what comes down to, I mean, the, the biggest thing for me when it all came down to, am I going to stay in or am I going to get out, was the whole idea that if God exists, he's chosen to make himself completely hidden from us. And and I'll say that to some people who are believers and they're like, yeah, he, he's revealed himself very clearly to me. And I go, but you get what I'm saying. It's not like he's... For for a lot of people, I, I've never seen. He's never revealed himself. Catherine to me. revealed herself. She revealed a lot to me. More so I so so. Well, I had a whole. It's so funny. I had a whole bit about this at one of the comedy church services where I'm like, I'm like, what God for you know for all the Christian faiths and especially I mean they hit it so hard in Mormonism is uh, that God is your father. He's your he's the perfect heavenly father. And I go, you know. And I was talking about, <laughs> let's talk about the bare minimum to be, to be a father. What are some minimums you do with your kids? And say, at minimum, you hug your kid. I've never received a hug from God, but you know who I have received a hug from? I've received a hug from Jamal Koretz, who's a gay recovering meth addict, which means that Jamal has been more of a father to me than if he exists, Heavenly Father has been. And and it's, it's I mean you never know when you die he might give you a hug it, I might he might but right now he's doing a pretty shitty do- job of being a dad so I mean pretty horribly shitty job and, and even you know so the whole there's idea no child that, support there's no not not any as a matter of fact he takes it he takes alimony in ten percent chunks <laughs> so uh, yeah so so the whole hiddenness thing is 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 the part for me it's like. Because, and again, in evangelical Christianity, the big thing was, you know, you have a personal relationship with Christ. That's that's kind of the buzzword in evangelical Christianity. It's like, well, if I'm supposed to have a personal relationship, if that's what he wants with me, I can't even go and hang out with him. And, and you kind of go, that's that's pretty. And and then on top of it's that. Like, hey, what, what club are we going to go to tonight? It's, what music do you like? It was like, we'll go to church. And it's like, are you going to be there? No, but but pretend. You pretend real hard that I am. We're going to listen to Amy Grant again. <laughs> <laughs> nice pull. Amy Grant I like is amazing. It. That is. That she's got her Christmas album, her second Christmas album. Hey, her Christmas albums best. are pretty amazing. It's the best. It's the best Christmas album. Um, Michael W. Smith. Uh, yeah. I sang, <laughs> I sang one of his songs at a, I can't remember what they call it, like a, convocation or something like that uh it was like our there was a church service for all the christian kids graduating was mitch from high there? school mitch was not there because he's going to hell <laughs> just like me now <laughs> uh but uh but yeah so and then the other thing and again this is a little different with because are you guys both is lds your background i grew up lds you, i grew up LDS. okay so like in the lds church like hell is reserved just for people who like apostatized from the church. Sure. Right? Because right? there's three I mean, levels. That's what I learned. Three but levels. Maybe they're all hell and they're just three levels of it. Right. But see, I heard the, the way it was taught to me was even the, is celestial the bottom or terrestrial? Which is the bottom one? I think it's celestial. It's the T's are the lower two and know. then celestial. Yeah. Okay. So whatever the, I just remember hearing whatever the bottom one was, like if you get there, you'll still be like, going, oh my gosh, this is amazing. So, um, but, but like in evangelical Christianity, it was like, if you don't believe 
that if you don't believe in the saving power of Jesus Christ, that he, that he forgave you of your sins, if you don't believe that, then you're going to hell for uh, torment forever, whatever that means. And I was like, you can't, God can't be hidden and send people to hell for wrong belief and be good. He can't be all three of those things. Okay, Dylan knows what it's like to be bothered and bugged like forever and ever because, I mean, I'm just saying, uh, I could be Dylan's personal hell. Uh-huh, could be. Does he, but, which is true, and that means if I'm God. Be like, hey, Dylan, what's up? Hey, Dylan. If God sentenced him to this because Dylan didn't believe in God, but God's hidden, then God's not good. Then I'll be a where your eight, punishment. Where your eight fucking questions now, and then I'll be like, LA, here's nine, and then or or just you'll do seven questions, and then I'll just leave before you can ever do the eight, and then I'll just come back and start over. I can do this on my own. <laughs> as as he switches the Trust mic me, off, it would be a lot easier if he did it on your own. It wouldn't be as much fun though. Mm. Comedy Church. What was the genesis of it? Um, to it, it always been an idea because I'd always thought that uh, the church, the church format is very similar to a a to a comedy club format. Um, I've always, you know, having been in so deep into my own religion for like twenty years, uh, there's a lot that I thought would be fun to parody about a comedy church service. About about a church service, uh, and um, and I and I think I just got to a point creatively where I felt like it was something I wanted to try to bite off and see if I could make it happen. Um, so the idea initially was that we would have like we'd even we'd do like some that there would be uh, singing at the beginning and the end, uh, but I was not able to find a musician at this point. <laughs> I kind of wonder if that was a better thing because I don't know if that that would have been like super cheesy to pull it off the way that I wanted it to happen in my head. He's funny. He's funny. Yeah. Well, He's <laughs> hallelujah. Well, well, standing the, ovation. The idea was more like this, where it was like it was like uh, I'd have a pianist who, and we're at Keys on Main, so it seems like it, this would have been possible. Just the yeah, manager on the organ sound. Yeah, put on the organ sound and, and be like, and then you know start playing a song, and then it turns out to be. P -p -p poker face, poker face, or some some pop song. <laughs> I that think you, you can still do it. I think it's it's definitely if depending on you know where it goes. That it's nice to know that there's a lot of ideas like that that we haven't tapped into that we could do in the future with comedy church to to keep it fresh and to stretch and to you know to have some fun with that. Whether that's that or having like just some you know if somebody. Uh, if if I find we don't have a whole well I guess there's Chris Dowd I don't know if you, do you know Chris Dowd I think he was at Wise Guys tonight and he does some music comedy and it's pretty good um, but yeah, if somebody like I that I know of him I haven't met him personally okay. Guy you could do it with Guy and Marcus that's true if they would stoop so low to be on a humble show like the Comedy Church well they uh, they won't stoop so low to be on on this podcast Marcus is pretty low yeah I'm just saying like <laughs> I mean so I just I don't know. But it, it is funny. And now to, we won't be on it <laughs> to try to, you know, try. It is funny trying to book people because he knows I love him. Because you got folks like that who are doing some real shit, and you go, "You want to come and do fifteen minutes on Sunday night at Keys on Main?" And they're like, "Hell yeah!" Yeah. They're like, well, "When?" Yeah. So well, some people. I Spence Roper or uh, Spencer King came. Spence Roper's next week, and Aaron Woodall, Shane Smith, they've all been on there. And those those guys are some big names in the local scene. So and you have played with the format like th uh, this past Sunday was mm -hmm. 
a living funeral. Yeah. And that w- that was awesome. Yeah, I was so you glad. Did a living funeral? Yeah, we did a, a well, it was a, yeah, it was a funeral for the living <laughs> for uh, Nicholas Don Smith. He's one of the, he's a local comedian. He's, he, he, I've seen him for years. And in the last year, he, something happened and he became, like he brought his game to a whole new level. He's the funniest he's ever been. And, uh, but the other thing about Nick is he's just an amazing guy. He's the, like there's so much pettiness and bullshit like that within the comedy community, yeah. and he's not part of that. And he's always supportive. He's he's just a wonderful guy. And I always, I mean, a you think what are some of the things they do at church? Well, one of the things they do at church is his funerals. And and then I've been to funerals where people are saying just the nicest things about the person who died. And I go, how often did this dead guy ever hear all these nice things, <laughs> these effusive things that all these people, probably not nearly enough. And so I kind of put, two, and then on top of that, I go, the whole eulogizing thing. And even at some funerals, you know, the, like the best funerals are when the family and friends are like busting balls on the dead guy too. And they're telling yeah. stories and <laughs> stuff like that. So I'm going, a funeral is basically a roast. So that's what we did is we did a, a roast of Nick while he's still alive, but it was all, you know, roasts are sort of loving tributes to the person who's being, or when they're done right, they should be loving tributes to the person being roasted. And he was sitting in the back of the room, and mm-hmm. when they hit, you could hear him just explode yeah. back. There. Yeah, totally, exactly, which is fantastic to hear that. And 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 he handpicked the people that he wanted to be on the show, and everybody brought, I mean, they they brought their A game, and it, it and it worked. And I was I was a little worried that. A, the Wooten had get good turnout for it because I think when people are going, I mean, sometimes people go, oh, it's a roast for local, con- you know, where local comedians are roasting another local comedian. They go, I don't know any of these people. I'm not going to get the jokes. So I was worried that people wouldn't come out for that. I was also kind of going, I would, I, I don't want to go to a funeral, period. <laughs> so maybe <laughs> not. But we had a decent, we had the best turnout that we've had. Yeah. For it. And there was people there who did not know anybody who was on the show. And afterwards, they were like, I loved it. It was great. So it really did. It exceeded my expectation for what we're supposed to do. But yeah, we did, we did the, the funeral for the living a couple, a couple of times ago. We did um, a testimony meeting, which was basically an open mic. Probably won't, I, I, I probably will do testimony meetings again in the future, but I don't think I'll do it like an open mic format. I think I'll go out and hand select maybe you know, eight or nine people, more of a showcase because every show that I'm doing is basically a showcase, but just have it be broader and shorter sets. So like I said, maybe eight people and have them give them each five minutes. Circumcisions. (laughs) Or christenings. I hadn't thought of that, but I love the idea. I mean, or a virtual one. And just like, imagine if you were an adult and needing to have this procedure performed. There's, there's Bible stories about that. This is just going to hurt a little bit. Don't you remember that Bible story? Where those, I can't remember who it was, but somebody, it was, you know, it's Old Testament. This is some Old Testament crap where they're like, they had a daughter. I think it was one of David's, was it one of David's children? I don't know. I saw the movie One Year. Yeah. Or Year One. No, Year One. With with Jack Black? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) I've I've seen, when I've been flipping channels, I've seen that between two commercial breaks. Oh, yeah, there's a scene of it. Yeah, of, and it was in the, of them movie, getting in the movie. I think it was Abraham or somebody um, that was doing the but, circumcision. Well, but that, but this story, the story I'm thinking of is that, like there was. I think it was David's sons and one of his daughters, and there was somebody who wasn't even an Israelite who wanted to get with the daughter, 
and or, or maybe even like got with the daughter and all the brothers were pissed off and they're like hey you can marry our daughter but everybody in your tribe has to get circumcised first and they go cool because we want because she's hot and so they circumcise all these dudes and while they're while they're all still like grabbing their dicks because they just got circumcised they're like guess what bitches the wrath of the lord and they stabbed them all and killed every single fucking one of them brilliant what what a way to go cut off your hearts we'll trim your dick and then we'll kill you and then we'll kill you you dumbass this is material do you 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 brought a notepad right like i mean this is quality crap (laughs) that you should be yeah, it, it probably should be a comedy church servants sermon. So that's another with the with the format. I usually I, I I open every show and I MC every show. We usually have two or three. Well, now we're at three comics each show, and they do they do a shorter set. I tell them to do, uh, you know, if, everybody has some material about God or religion, so they do their material about that. And then after that, I do a quick interview of the comedians. Where it's basically the format of the interview is I go, how deep were you in religion? Uh, what what happened to make you start questioning that? If you have some, I, I guess I haven't had anybody on yet who's still a devout believer in what they believe. And then also go, wh- where are you at now? What do you believe? How do you navigate life post-religion? So, uh, so, so there's an interview part, which is funny too, because I the first show, I only interviewed the very last comedian. That was kind of my plan. But then people really liked the interviews, so I was like, I can do interviews all day long. That may, and that makes my job easier because then I don't have to prepare as much material <laughs> myself. So, uh, so yes, yeah, so we we interview all the comics, which is pretty pretty fun to uh, to hear that. And I realized that one of these shows that like ninety percent of the of what I know, like ninety percent of the personal information I know about other comedians is because of their act. And if there's stuff they don't talk about in their act, I'm generally <laughs> clueless about that component of their their lives speaking of people that still believe your mom comes mm. to every show she, she she hasn't come to everyone well, she's come to nearly every yeah show. she does but she does come and she's still a believer so what are the conversations like after the show they're they're really good well actually it was there was a conversation before the first show she came to where well because because so Crystal, the, the the woman I've been seeing, she was like, "Why don't you invite your mom to come to these?" And I go, yeah, "Why don't I invite my mom to come to these?" And so I, I, I called, like, I called my, my mom, show, Crystal, and I was like, I'd, "Yeah," which she had. And so I, I call. It's more like, "Have you met my mom?" And she had. So uh, uh, so yeah, so I called my mom. I was like, "Hey, I, I'm doing this show. It'd be cool if you came, but I want to make sure you can handle it first. And my mom, she's you know, she's. She's a pretty open-minded uh, believer in Jesus, and so she's come and she's had a good time. So she even got a beer spilt on her this last time, and I think she loved it. Felt like okay. a real party More animal. Marketing things. Funeral potatoes, funeral <laughs> potatoes as like an appetizer. Uh-huh. You can also do like the green Jello shit and uh-huh. then like stuff like that. Because I mean, just to make a little extra money. Yeah, nice. Like a bake sale. A bake yeah, like sale. in your Kentucky. Yeah. Not all bad. churches have bake sales. They all do. Damn right. So, do you want to donate some yeah, items we'll to see. our bake sale? We'll, we'll <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just painted yourself into a corner, Steve. Church there. is not nonprofit, yeah. if you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, and that ours isn't. It's. I'm. It's. It. Well, I haven't made a profit. I'm losing a lot of money on it. You need to start. We charge the collection. We charge, we charge a cover. We charge a cover. We three dollars to get in, which for some comedians that's more than ten percent of what they make in a year. 
<laughs> so uh, it's it's pretty. You could up it to like fifteen percent, twenty percent of what they make. I could, but that's the thing too. I mean, part, I I wanted well, and actually getting back to your question of why why did I start comedy church? Part of it was just it was an idea that it's a format that would be fun to play with and parody and yeah. and satirize. But the other thing was I ever since like I. The hardest thing for me about leaving my religion was the community side of things. My whole life had been organized around religion. That was my that's that was where I socialized. That's where all my friends were, all that kind of stuff. And even though it's been 13 years since I since I was like totally totally out, I still haven't been able to replicate that same kind of community in my own life. So the idea also, especially with Keys on Main because they open specially for us on Sundays. And they don't, it's not like show's over, get the hell out. They'll stay open as long as people want to hang out after the show. So the idea is that hopefully we're going to be building a community around the show as well. If people, because again, it's targeted for people who used to be religious and aren't so much anymore. And if those people can, I assume I'm not the only person who feels like I haven't been able to replicate that church-like community. And so hopefully over time we'll be able to build that same feel but with a comedy show, with something that actually has some good entertainment, like a, a show you'd want to come to anyways, rather than sitting through an hour of, of people talking about their, uh, their, what, what do they call it? Their, their history, their family histories. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> 20 kids are screaming in the background. Well, when the Sundays come up that you have them, my wife's like, are you going to church today? Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Nice. I'm pretty sure every fiber of my being is just so excited to go. Yeah? Just awesome. I can't wait for you, too. We, so we've got two. So we're doing them in runs. So we have an eight-show run or every other week. We've got the next show is on the 18th, and that's going to have do, Spence Roper. You, you know Spence. Do you know who Spence Roper is? He's got – I don't get out much. I'm psyched for him to be there because he has got – I think he's got some of the best religious material – of any of the local communities we have, it's 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 hysterical. And I've never it's, heard any, any of it. You haven't heard it. Stuff. It's the best. The, I'm surprised you haven't heard it. And then uh, uh, we also have Trevor Kelly on the show. He was a, he was one of the roasters. Uh, he was one of the <laughs> eulogists at the funeral, and he's he's hysterical. All of his stand up is is brilliant. He's got it's not uh, it's not cerebral palsy, but it's kind of like cerebral palsy. Um, and so, and his jokes just about about what life's like living with that are brilliant. And uh, and then we also have Chad Benjamin, who's going to be on this next show. He's a newer guy to stand up. And, and he, he's new, but he kind of pisses me off because he's he's too good for just starting. And he's kind of got the dry one-liner kind of stuff as his format, in which I can't. I've tried it. I can't do that. And he nails it. And he, he, did, he did the testimony meeting. And he, <laughs> he freaking shined in that. It was... He had, like, I did a, I, I tried to do, like, a video uh, compilation of everybody that's up there, and I didn't do it for that one, because I was just like, his set was so good, I'm just gonna, just gonna do, edit, <laughs> hit, you know, trim some of the fat on his set, and do that as our video for the testimony meeting night, so, so that's what we got next, and then uh, the last show for this run is on December, I think it's December 2nd, I think that's, it's either 2nd or 3rd, whichever one's a Sunday, and we're doing a book club, we're doing, uh, a comedy book club where I've been inviting everyone in the congregation to read Fight Club, and we're going to have uh, me and three or four other comics. We're reading the it, and we're doing jokes, and we're going to basically have a book club, but with comedians running it about Fight Club, which is a great existential novel about how to navigate life without 
the idea of God being involved in it. So, Okay, switching tones. Yeah. You said you talked to, about to all these people that used to be religious, that they're not, and then you just kind of went into this. So have you found, how can somebody without God be moral? Like, what, guide, oh. what guides their life? And are they right. automatically a good person or a bad person? What guides you? Right. Why do you want to be good if there's nothing after this? Yeah, I, I, I mean, just go screw everybody over. Right, exactly. And it's so funny because I, when I was in the process of, like, getting out of religion, I was, I was kind of like going, I wonder what I – like, you're, you're right there doing it, going through this transition. You go, what am I going to do? What, you know, it's all wide open for me. And I realized I was exactly the fucking same as before. I decided to start – so there's a few things I did differently. I, I, I swear a lot more now. I, I drink more than I did then. But, again, in my, in my like, brand of Christianity – uh, drinking alcohol wasn't forbidden. It was getting drunk that was forbidden. And in the whole time that I have I got shit-faced once really bad at an accounting conference in Austin, Texas. <laughs> and apart from that... It was after Catherine. It, it was... It was, it was, it was that was way, was way after totally Catherine. Yeah. That it, may, it may have still been because of repercussions of both <laughs> Catherine and Mitch. Uh, and and my divorce that had happened four months before that. Laura. So probably all of those <laughs> things... Divorce does lead to alcoholism. It, yeah. uh, no, it doesn't. I'm divorced. I'm still good. Well, for me, it did. I mean, well, <laughs> well, that's the thing. I'm. I got well, shocked. Well, okay, but that's a funny thing that you that you bring that up because I think that one thing that's prevalent, not just in Mormonism, but in evangelical Christianity everywhere else, is that you have these things that that within the construct of the religion, you can't do it in moderation. Like it blows their mind to think that you could drink in moderation. I, I growing up, my dad liked to drink boxed wine and I was convinced that my dad was an alcoholic. And now that I'm on the other side, I go, no, he just fucking liked wine and he's not an alcoholic. He's just a human being that likes something. And the fact that he partakes in it from time to time doesn't mean he's a raging alcoholic. It means he's a dude who likes wine. Yeah. It's the same thing. Like I think I call bullshit I, oh, here's this is a great story. When I was again young man, I was in. I just graduated from college the first time, so I had my math degree. I wasn't a math teacher yet. I was using my math degree to do graveyard shifts at a gas station because that was how I was going to make my parents proud. <laughs> and uh, and I was and I remember during this time in my life, it had occurred to me that I was old enough to buy porn with nobody, and nobody could do anything about it. But I was still super Christian. So I, was, I, I, I wasn't supposed to buy porn. And this was pre, you know, we're old enough to know this was pre-internet as well. So it's like, you know, this is your penthouse Playboy magazine kind of era. And so what would happen is I would, I, would, I would lose the battle against my temptation. I would buy a penthouse magazine. I would, I would look through it. I'd jerk off. I'd feel horrible. And I'd, and I'd throw it away. And, I, and, and, then I'd, and, and it would be like out of my system. I'd, I'd confess it to my pastor or whatever, do that kind of stuff, be out of my system. And I'd go about my life. And then at some point down the road, it would, I would go like, gosh, has it been a month since, that, since I did that? And then i go, oh, it has. Oh, you know what that means? There's a new penthouse out. Oh, I don't know what's in that one, but I remember what was in the last one. I wonder what's in the new one. Maybe and that's would, all Catherine I would, needed. I would. It was what <laughs> Catherine just needed that version of a magazine for her. For her, yeah. And Ma then, well, here's the thing. I don't. When I tell the story about Catherine, I don't want to shame her, like slut shame her, because I know it's funny. It's like instinctive still to me to do that. But she just, she just liked having sex. 
And, and, and at this point I can go, that's okay for you to like sex. Now, maybe you shouldn't fuck, how, how fuck my uncle. How do you have now from Catherine? None. Zero. They did not bear any children what together. What a quinky dink. Hmm. What do you mean? Does she have any children? <laughs> she has no children. The she, irony. But she, I the think, irony of that. I think she might, there might have even been a medical thing with her with uh, that. Because I remember her mentioning something like that. A funny joke. No, yeah, I kind of ruined it for you. Sorry about that. Yeah. But but she, but you know, but that's the thing. She's not a bad guy. She's not a slut. She's just somebody who likes to have sex and and I'm sure is dealing with just the same sort of stuff that makes me yell on stage and punch a punching bag. So, we've all got that kind of bullshit going on in our life. But where oh, uh oh, so I'm I'm buying these penthouse magazines every month because I'd get obsessed. I'd realize it's been a month. I'd realize there's a new ep- issue out and I go, yeah, it's probably it's out now, I guess. And then I go, wonder what's in it. And then I slowly, I'd build up to where it's like, I gotta have that fucking magazine. So I'd, so I'd, and I'd, and it'd be the cycle. So I'd buy it, I'd look at it, jerk off, throw it away, confess it, go on until, until I'd realize it'd been another month. And I had a mentor at, at church who I, who's kind of like the guy that I would confess stuff to and would try to help me, you know, walk a better walk with Jesus. And he knew all about this stuff. And after I did that, you know, every month for several months, he's like, maybe you're, maybe you've got a sex addiction. And I go, well, I'm, I mean, because I was in it to win it. I'm going, I'll do anything. He's like, maybe you should check out Sexaholics Anonymous with that stuff. Because he's basically saying you got a porn addiction. And, uh, and so I went to, a, I went to, I found a Sexaholics Anonymous meeting in the greater Seattle area. I went to it and we start going around the circle. And I realize I am so out of my depth at this meeting. <laughs> it's unreal. Like the guy who, you know, they're just going around the circle sharing. The guy right before me is like, yeah. Uh, this is kind of bullshit that I got to be here, but the judge told me I had to come to these, but it's like, oh. uh, I gotta, you know, I, yeah, sure. I go into my stepdaughter's room at night when she's sleeping and smell her dirty underwear. Uh, but I've never, I swear to God, I never touched her. Uh, I don't got a, pro- a problem with that at all. And then, and you know, that's like the tone of his story. And then it comes to me and I go, I can either go, I buy a, a penthouse magazine once a month because I can't not do that legal thing that's perfectly normal. Or what I chose to do is go, pass. Well, you, hopefully I finished telling my Sexaholics Anonymous story. <laughs> well, okay. Well, we need to buy an SD card. So we'll have that for the next episode. So now we're recording on a phone. I think we're at the point where you were answering Steve's question about, uh, how did you frame it? I mean, why the hell be good? Like, if there's no God, let's just go out and murder, let's, like, rape, let's, like, um, like just take advantage of everything. Right. And see, and I, and I found my own personal experience was that once that door was open, we kind of saw, I, before, before your other recorder took shit, I was kind of going down this road where I just found out that I didn't, I, I just na- – I think people are naturally have a, have a moral center to themselves and whether you've got God or whether you don't, you're going to adhere to that moral center. I actually, I mean, it's funny. I, I actually teach ethics for accountants too. So there's all sorts of theories about like the fact that we all live in social circles and that part of a robust moral code is that not only do you look down on, people who break that code, but you also look down on people who don't shame the person who broke the code. And, uh, 
Be, okay, because like the church going Steve's pretty good. Business yeah. Steve is an asshole. But yeah. like, yeah. am I the same person or am I just an asshole? I think maybe maybe you're an asshole. Uh, but Damn it. but no. But that's the other thing is that like I mean again this is this is more like a Richard Dawkins kind of thing because you guys, you guys know Richard Dawkins is the he's the atheist guy who wrote he wrote the God Delusion, uh, the Blind Watchmaker, all that sort of stuff, and his whole thing is like if you. If you, if it takes a god threatening to send you to hell to make you a good person, you're not a good a good person, and and I think that's and I think that's really true. And that even though like for me again, my whole scaffolding, my whole life was built around. And you know, I, I started going to church when I was 13, so I hadn't had a chance to go too far off the rails at 13 years old, and. Uh, and so I felt like a lot, I, I felt kind of the same way you did, where it's like, without God, I would totally do all the bad stuff and everything that I'm doing, but like I'm, I'm having extramarital sex, but I'm divorced and, and, and it's kind of like, a, it's not, it's not hurting anybody. And I swear it doesn't hurt anybody. So there's a lot of things, you know, like the whole thing, it, it, the Mormon church is especially bent about masturbation, but in masturbation, it doesn't hurt anybody. So well, it it well, could. I mean, it depends on like how much you can hurt it's, yourself. Yeah, the chafing. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> but apart from that, you're there's only one only one victim there. Which again, hilarious Chad Benzeman joke where he said that he confessed masturbating to his bishop, and his bishops told him that he should stop practicing self molestation at the point, and it, and then he was like, I didn't know whether I was to blame the victim or <laughs> blame the perpetrator. <laughs> so it was hilarious. It was a great. Equal day. blame. Mm-hmm. So w- where can people find you on the the web? Uh, it's actually really easy. My last name is Kite, K-Y-T-E. If you Google Greg Kite, or Kite spelled with a Y, uh, it's like the first few pages are just me. But to, to, And almost all my social media handles are just Greg Kite, all one word, K-Y-T-E. So pretty easy to find. And Comedy Church is on there too. We got Twitter. Our Twitter is at Comedy Church, and our Instagram is at Comedy Church SLC because there was a couple other comedy churches in the world besides uh, besides mine, but they're fakes. But your, yours is the best. Right now, I think mine is the only one that's active. There we go. <laughs> couple of bonus questions. Your favorite Muppet and why? Uh, Beaker? Uh, it, well, I think it's the Beaker-Honeydew combo um, because... I mean, Honeydew's the straight man, but he can be hilarious. Beaker's kind of the, you know, he's the he's the punchline. But yeah, I like those guys a lot. But yeah, Doctor, what's his first name? Why can't I remember Monroe Melvin? I can't. Doctor T. No, Doctor oh. Honeydew. Who oh, yeah. he's he's the other scientist. Yeah, Doctor Melvin Honeydew. Is it Melvin Honeydew? I don't know. That doesn't sound right. Martin Honeydew. No, Anyways, do- we'll just Martin. leave it with Doctor Honeydew. <laughs> I just made the connection. They're kind of like Jay and Silent Bob, but one's yeah, one's more silent, one's very vocal. Yeah, yep. And then the other one is in the story of your life, of the movie of your life. Who would play you? Samuel L. Jackson. If they, uh, not not like he's the right choice. He's just who I would want uh, to play me is Samuel L. Jackson. Well, let's hear you say motherfucker. Motherfucker. Yeah, I think it's a good choice. Dr. Bunsen, honeydew. Dr. Bunsen, honeydew. 
Melvin Bunsen. Yeah. yeah they're in the neighborhood. They have the same. Bunsen burner. Cans. Yeah, exactly. Bunsen burner. It's yeah. a good. That's a quality name. Well, thank you, Greg. This this recording with the phone is getting a little awkward, so I think we'll wrap it up. <laughs> good call. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it, guys. Podcast is done, man. <laughs> <laughs>